This is the day which the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Hi, once again, Metro FM family. Thank you for joining us. This is your brother Jonathan with DHL Ministries, Decisions, Habits, Lifestyle Ministries, encouraging you to grow in discipleship and through the Word of God by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. We are talking about the final part of the book of Revelation. I know that probably hooked a few people right now because this book is in the secular setting controversial, right? It seems sometimes contradictive, just like much of the Bible. But even for people who are believing in the Word of God, who are Christians, it's either a very exciting or a very intimidating book to consider even surveying. And we've been in it for some time. You can you can get the link after this broadcast to find out how you can hear the other broadcasts on this survey. But we're in the final section right here before we launch off into perhaps a couple of topical studies before we get into the book of Matthew. And we're going to be reading the last few verses, 18 through 21. Revelation chapter 22, verses 18 through 21. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Well, just the last few verses, and, you know, if you've been with us, you can uh, relate to the excitement of this build-up, this final expression, and the statements that are made in those last verses are within context talking about the book of Revelation. There are other places in our Bible that warn you about perverting or twisting the Word of God in general, but this one is very serious. And if you think about it, maybe you can understand two things. One, why so many people trying to impress others say that they know what this book means without studying it methodically and with integrity. And they lead many astray because they seem so knowledgeable of a book that is outside the grasp of many. Or it's talking to people who would use this book in a way that is not beneficial to the kingdom of God or using this book to lead others astray. We talked about some people who would take this and twist it to seem higher than those. And then we're talking secondly about those that would use this book or twist its truths um, unknowingly. Yeah, there's even a catch here for people unknowingly miss uh, sharing this book amiss, you know, not sharing it accurately. And that's that's a great responsibility, right? 
So what does it say to us? One, there will be false teachers. We already get that. Two, uh, that if we are not in discipleship, which is the Great Commission to go and make disciples of all nations, if we haven't embraced that or been encouraged in those practices that lead to habits that turn into an accurate and appropriate lifestyle in Jesus Christ, then we will be easily led astray by those false teachers and with the best of intentions perhaps we will be misteaching the word of god we will be teaching it without accuracy and so there is a responsibility whenever you teach the word of god in general but this one particularly warrants those that would misinterpret or share this out of its proper interpretation let's talk about that a little bit there are a few cross references here like for verse verse 19 in reference to the phrase take verse 19 and if any man shall take away from the words of this book of prophecy right let's look at a cross reference in luke chapter 11 verse 52 it says woe unto you lawyers for ye have taken away the key of knowledge ye entered not in yourselves and them that were entering in ye hindered now this is talking about the religious leaders these were people who were afforded access to the Word of God. These were people who were deemed to be of the proper bloodline, to be responsible for sharing the Word of God. These were people who were studied and given the best opportunities to study, to be able to interpret the Word of God, and they were depended upon to share the Word of God accurately in judging how the society was living and what was going on in their lives with the sacrifices and everything. And he, he says, woe unto you. And that's an expression with an exclamation point. He calls them lawyers or keepers of the law, right? And so there is a very heavy tone to this because they've taken away the key of knowledge, meaning they've taken away accurate, proper interpretation of the word of God. And it says, ye entered not in yourselves. They were not doers of the word. They were hearers only. And they used it and twisted it and used that position of honor as a position of influence and advantage over people. It says, and them that were entering in, you hindered. So think about this in today's context. The more you study, the more you learn, the more you are given responsibility of, the more you are responsible for. We are really without excuse family, if I can just speak very frankly, very plainly and directly. We have an abundance of resources, whereas back in the day, they'd have to come under a teacher like Gamaliel, and there was few opportunities to have that kind of teaching, to be that taught and, and versed in how to study the Word of God. Now, we have an abundance of free resources and abilities to learn the proper uh, expression hermeneutics to know how to study the Word of God homilytics to know how to share the Word of God in different venues in different ways we are without excuse there are a number of in integral Bible universities that are accredited you can take classes there are other ones that are free that you can take that are very well founded we are without excuse we have the gift of the Holy Spirit each and every one who accepts Christ into their life and so essentially because of that 
we become in this role if we are not doers of the word, if we're using our influence and the knowledge that we've gotten from the word of God to manipulate or influence or even deceive people into believing we are saved, there is part of the weight of this statement that can be applied to us. For ye have taken away the key of knowledge. Just by inaccurately sharing the word to people who don't know any better, they're going to go and repeat the things that you're sharing, and those things are not accurate, thus giving uh, way to multiplying that untruth because of lack of study, diligence, and responsibility. And you've entered on in yourselves, there's an accusation, there's an accusation, uh, an accusation or a judgment on people who are not doing the word themselves. And I know in the world, the parents' famous line, because children are sharper than they give them credit for, and they tell them not to do something or to do something, the kids have already seen whether their parents are actually doing that or not doing it. They got the behind the scenes uh, view of their parents. And so many times I've heard preachers' kids uh, talk of themselves being somewhat traumatized and and not wanting to grow in the Lord because they saw their relative, mother, father, aunt, uncle, grandfather, grandmother, behave opposite of how they behaved at church. Saw how people uh, elevated them at church and praised them at church and they had all the right scriptural expressions to say and actions and, and yet they knew they weren't living it. I'm not talking about they didn't make mistakes. I'm saying they weren't actually applying the word of God consistently to show that changed life. There's a level of responsibility for that. And them that were entering in, you hindered. Now, sometimes people who have been in the church or in positions with titles will be uh, maybe even biblically and scripturally uh, lovingly taken aside and confronted by someone who has less, much less time in salvation, but they have engaged in discipleship or they've been taught by the handful of Gamaliels out there that would actually do discipleship and take someone under the wing for six months to a year and pour into them and teach them the disciplines of discipleship. And these people in their positions of authority have shunned these fairly young Christians because of their uncomfortableness of being confronted. And so this is the accusation once you lawyers, keepers of the law, for you have taken away the key of knowledge, ye enter not into yourselves, and them that were entering you hinder. That's a pretty powerful expression. Let's go a little further down and consider these things well. It says in John 21, 25, and there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which, if they should be written, every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Amen. Jesus exemplified so much in his life and shared so much in illustration through his actual life that if people were to try to contain it in books, it, the world itself wouldn't even be able to hold it. It says the world itself. Now, mind you, the world, by implication, can be the whole universe. Everything we know could not hold the amount of physical books of the expressions and illustrations and examples that Jesus lived. Um, it says, 2 Peter 3, 12 to 14 says, looking, looking for and hasting unto the coming 
of the day of the Lord, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace, without spot, and blameless. In other words, abiding in him. As you abide in him, he corrects the ones he loves. He gives you guidance, you repent, you confess, you move on. Now, this warning at the end here is given to those who might purposely distort the messages of this book. Remember, Moses gave a similar warning in Deuteronomy chapter 4. He said, verse 1, Now, therefore, hearken, O Israel, unto the statutes and unto the judgments which I teach you, for to do them, that ye may live and go in and possess the land which the Lord God your fathers gave you, God of your fathers gave you. This, the promised life that God has for us, is in the same connective way that we are doers of the word and we enter into the life that God has planned for us during this vapor of a life. Ye shall not add unto the word which I command you, verse 2 of Deuteronomy chapter 4, neither shall ye diminish aught from it, that ye may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. And it goes on to talk about different things there through verse 4 and an expression of judgment as well. So look that up, Deuteronomy 4, 1 through 4, and consider these things well. We too must handle the Bible with care and great respect so that we do not distort its message. Even unintentionally, we should be quick to put its principles into practice in our lives. No human explanation or interpretation of God's word should be elevated to the same authority as the text itself. Now, if you've ever done a study of the cults exposed or the kingdoms of the kingdom of the cults are a couple of different studies that are worth taking in on uh, Christian studies, you will see that many of the cults that claim to adhere to Christian orthodoxy and do not, they have taken this warning and cast it out. They have manipulated not only the book of Revelation, but much of the word of God to make it support what they want to teach. Now remember, the enemy is the corrupter of the truth, and he is in all of these factions and wings making it so. We still pray for the salvation of those people blinded in these areas. But as you study it out, you see that twisting of the word, just like Satan did when he asked Eve in the garden, did God really say, did he really say that? Did he say that you must not eat of this tree? And Eve's responsibility, as well as Adam's, as they flirted with that one tree too much, she was there by the tree. Now, if God has told you to steer clear of something, you steer clear of it. You don't go and see how close you can get next to it, and then look at it and long for it, and consider the benefits that it might have despite what you've been told. You steer farther and farther away from the things that the Word of God warns you from, um, and then you will be less likely to fall into sin because your desire will change towards the desire for God. So looking at all of this, as we have been through a survey, an overview of the book of Revelation, I pray that you have had many things revealed to you through this book, principles of Christian living that are supported throughout the rest of the Bible that are coming to a head in the book of Revelation. And if you're just joining us, we're finishing this survey. We've gone through quite a bit of the Bible. 
and there have been a few requests for topical uh, studies that I believe I'll share here. One of them is in on the basis of relationships, ultimately talking about marriage, but don't choose to tune out if you are not married or aren't considering getting married because we're going to talk about the foundation of real relationship and that grows into positioning for marriage. So in the next several times that we get together, expect to hear topical messages about proper relationships based on how the Bible teaches us, it all including proper marriage. And so if you are married, we will eventually talk about uh, marriage and, and how to maintain and develop, cultivate that marriage. If you're considering getting married, we'll talk about the things that pastors are often called to counsel about in the process of a couple getting married. If you submit to your church and desire to have that pastor bless you, you should submit to his counsel so that he can properly bless you knowing that you've been taught the word of God as it pertains to marriage. And also people who are single who are thinking about what is marriage like as a Christian or how to have a proper relationship, work relationships, uh, casual relationships. And if you practice making good relationships, you'll be able to see them more clearly, see the potential in them and set a better foundation of the relationship that you should keep for the rest of your days, meaning marriage. So we're going to talk about that in the following sessions uh, after today. And if you don't know Jesus Christ, we always make this offer and I hope that those of you who've heard it before are trying to memorize it so you can share it because it's very important. A, B, C. A, you just admit that you're a sinner and yet you've fallen short of the glory of God. You know you're not living the life that he's called you to live and that's okay because you're going to confess it now and turn from those things you've been doing and turn towards him. So you just own it. Father God, I have not been living the way you want me to live to that effect. B is to believe, and many have heard the gospel these days, and they've been raised in a church. But believing is a personal a, a commitment. Believing means to trust and rely and depend upon something. And so we're saying the truth of the Bible that Jesus Christ is God, and he came and died for our sin. The penalty of our sin was death, and he laid himself down for it, that he would be able to pay that penalty, that we would be able to be restored to a relationship with the Father. And of course, there's victory over death as Jesus rose from the grave and conquered death. So believing and trusting in that reality and what he has done for us. And see, confession. Confession's made with the mouth, but it happens in the heart. You confess to other people that you started to follow with Jesus. You're not turning back and ask them to help you and find out who your real friends are. Because when you've made that kind of commitment, often people run away or they try to draw you back into your old life. So one by one, prayerfully consider changing out the people in your circle of influence to people who are in the same mindset, in fellowship, in the same ship. I hope you've enjoyed this. If you want to join our WhatsApp group, you can. Get ready. I'm going to give you the number right now. But we are DHL Ministries, and we are able to be searched online for all of our podcasts, all of our YouTube videos, all of our messages, even after they're aired, they're made available to you. And you can find us here twice a week on Metro FM 94.5, also through Radio Box. Here's the number to join WhatsApp, 260-97-583-6324. That number again is 
583-6324. When you join the WhatsApp group, you'll get the notes from these messages. You will also get a link to the podcast of these messages so you can hear them again after they're aired. Well, I pray God richly bless you. In the midst of all this, all of the trials and tribulation, the church can grow, and you can grow in your discipleship in Jesus Christ. We'll talk to you again soon. Take care.